left. Hardy with six. Hardy on Brown. Hardy with three. With two. Hardy reverse slam is gone. 1.2 left. St. John's drill with 14 from the field in this second half. Hans again. Also in the ball game. Champagne, you're kidding me! Another three for Julian Champagne. You are now listening to the Eye of the Storm podcast. What's going on, Johnny Nation? Welcome to episode 14 of the Eye of the Storm podcast. My name is David Barov, and this afternoon was St. John's Basketball Media Day. We're about 25 days from opening night on November 7th against Merrimack. We got a few exhibition games thrown into the mix before then. October 26th, we'll be taking on Adelphi at Carnesec Arena. October 29th, you're taking on Southern New Hampshire at Carnesec Arena. And then before you know it, November 7th is here and the season is underway. This afternoon, we got to be there. Uh, on behalf of the podcast got to speak to coach anderson got to speak to the staff got to talk to all the players watch a little bit of practice but we're going to start with coach anderson he is not mincing words today at media day he sat up on the podium and he said that this is probably the most talent he has had on a roster since he's been here he has called this one of the most talented group of players he has ever had and to that everybody wants to know well What is the expectation? And I think expectations have been set. It's the tournament. Last year, fans, myself included, made the mistake, and I guess you could say mistake in hindsight, of maybe overrating the roster and the pieces last year because of how long it took for them to gel and figure it out. Now, some of that's on the coaching, that's for sure. But maybe, looking back on it, the pieces weren't right. Again, hindsight is twenty twenty. But now you have eight returning guys. Coach Anderson has cited that as the strength of this team this year. He said it multiple times back when we had media availability for DR. And he said it again today. The learning curve should be far smaller than it was last season. And so you would think that success should follow that. Coach Anderson said a few times today that this team currently has the characteristics and the makeup of the best teams that he has ever coached, the same ingredients. So again, it's being laid out there. Cards are being put on the table. When the head coach says that he thinks this is the most talented group he has had in his tenure, when he's saying that the roster has the characteristics and makeup of teams that he has coached in the past that have gone to tournaments and won games in the tournament, you know what? That only means one thing, that this team, this year, the expectation is get to the tournament. And that's the first step. That's the first expectation. And it's very fair. And I think that that is where we need to start. The first thing I asked Coach Anderson today was which of the eight players who are returning this year, since that's the theme, has been the most impressive? Who has made that jump? And the first name that he mentioned, which is no surprise, is Posh Alexander. He cited a recent conversation that he had with Posh Alexander, who said that, you know, since my freshman year till now, the game is starting to really slow down. And it's a level of comfort in this offense now for Posh. And I think that, you know, we saw last year he averaged almost 14 points per game, five and a half assists per game. He was getting almost five rebounds per game, two steals per game. He had a monster season, and now he's got help. 
So this maturity and the ability to now maybe play off the ball with an Andre Curbelo dominating the ball could open up so much more for him and he could really take that next level. Everybody's talking about him as one of the top point guards in the league and possibly in the country. You know, the lists that you look at, his name is being mentioned. Dick Vitale gave him a lot of love and you're seeing a lot of lists on Twitter and Instagram and by all these guys. Posh Alexander is a name that's in people's mouths. So this guy's getting more comfortable comfortable and he's got a very complete roster around him coach anderson also cited joel soriano's performance and his growth from last season to now i think we saw those steps being taken in the dominican republic with his performance we talked about that already in another episode but but coach anderson said that joel's got to take that mindset that he had with him in dr take that swagger and bring it into the season in talking to joel soriano i don't see that being an issue and i think that he is certainly going to heed that advice it's interesting, Coach Anderson also cited two other guys. Isaiah Nywe called a glue guy, somebody who had really, really nice flashes last season is going to be really important to the team this year. Omar Stanley's junkyard dog mentality, and as well as the upside of newcomer freshman, not AJ Store or Kobe King, but Mokita, the size of Mokita. And by the looks of it, it sounds like Mokita is actually going to be on the bench this year and there will not be a red shirt for him we'll see what happens but it's sounding like the team really likes what they see out of him and he has put on some weight in the off season so far he is up about 14 15 pounds listen when you have seven one coming off of your bench that's a weapon it's probably will be in small doses but that's a good weapon to have One of the other things that Coach Anderson cited was the depth. He said that this team is deep. And listen, if we're not talking about using a red shirt, you got 13 guys that you're going to be able to go to. Now, that's likely an issue because you're not going to be able to get minutes for everyone. You're not going to be able to get meaningful minutes for a lot of them. So finding out who you're going to use when is going to be the challenge and that presents your other issue of being able to identify who's the hot hand, who's the guy to use in the right situation, but it could lead to some unhappy campers in regards to how many minutes they get. But again, could be a good problem to have when you've got 10, 11 guys that are providing real minutes. I did ask Coach about the starting lineup, and I I asked about the Dominican Republic because that was the first time we got to see the starting lineup rotations. There's three guys that seem to be set in the starting rotation, and that's Posh, David Jones, and Joel Soriano. The other spots seem to be up for grabs. Now, in the Dominican Republic, there was a game where Mathis started, Omar started, AJ started, and Andre Curbelo started. So I was curious. I'm like, is there any clarity now that we're about three weeks away from the season? And Coach Anderson said, absolutely not. He also said that, you know, starting, whoever starts doesn't really matter. He's told the guys that, listen, there could be six to eight guys who they rotate in to the starting rotation, but... Starting doesn't matter, he said. What matters is playing time when it's crunch time. Who's going to be giving you the minutes when it matters most? And he did say it's a good problem to have. One of the things that I did talk to Coach Anderson about was something that I 
did some digging on and something that really stood out to myself and anybody who watched this team last year was the free throw shooting. St. John's was ranked 298th in free throw percentage last year at 67.68%. I looked at games that were decided by just a few buckets that could essentially be the difference at the free throw line. There were nine games last year where St. John's lost by six or less points. Seven of the nine games were Big East games. So I was wondering if there was anything being done on that end. And Coach Anderson actually told me that the players are very aware of that. They're aware of how important it is, obviously, to hit the free throws, but they're aware of the struggles from last year. Coach did say that they put the team through pressure situations in regards to hitting free throws, simulate scenarios, so that they are aware of how important it is to hit those free throws when it matters most. And actually, one of the things that he said is the importance of hitting free throws, while yes, it helps in close game situations, but for a team like this that relies so much on defense and getting set up, hitting your free throws throws actually allows you to set up your defense quicker because once you don't hit that free throw the other team starts running up and down the court and you can't get into what you want to so coach said that yes they are very aware of it and they are really practicing one of the other bugaboos that everybody who's an armchair quarterback is saying is where's the three-point shooting coming from your guess is as good as mine right now it's all speculation but coach said that there's a lot of guys in this team that can knock down a shot he said that Pinzon, david jones posh alexander has been really excelling at his three-point shooting and dylan four names that he mentioned said the fans are going to be surprised but the most important thing is playing with confidence now look he's the coach of the basketball team he's not going to say hey we suck at shooting the three he's not going to say that this team has nobody who can hit the three they're gonna figure it out and there's gonna be guys that have to step up listen the only way you reach the tournament is that there's gonna be guys that step up and it can't just be one or two guys it's gonna have to be a large majority of this team this is a very different team in regards to its makeup julian champagne is gone they're not gonna be able to look at one guy it's gonna be a lot of guys it's gonna take a village and it's gonna take 10 11 12 guys hell maybe 13 guys on this roster in order to get where they want to go with that being said i will say this with confidence there are expectations on this team there are expectations within this team there are expectations not by the fans but the team has expectations for themselves they've been set internally and they were echoed today by the staff by people within the team that i spoke to it's the ncaa tournament and everybody knows that one of the first players that i spoke to and it's a quote that is starting to make its rounds. Andre Corbello said to me, and I quote, I think I'm the best pure point guard in the country. No doubt in my mind. In my opinion, I am the best pure point guard in the country. He doubled down on it a few times. Andre was very candid with me. He was very honest. He was very open. We spoke about his time at Illinois. We spoke about his transition to New York and I'll get to that quote in a second because it's making a lot of waves on the internet at the moment. Andre Corbello did come over from Illinois. He was a guy who was highly regarded his freshman year. He was coming from Lehigh, had a tremendous high school career, had a really good freshman year with Illinois, and was really hampered by concussion issues last season. He was hit in the head not once, not twice, not three times, not four times, five times. By the time he started to feel better, he said that it was too late. The team was gelling already, and he just couldn't get into the flow of the team 
when it was time for him to be cleared and good to go. It was a challenge. It was really challenging for him, and he wasn't happy. In talking to him today, he cited to me how happy he is, not only being at St. John's, but being home. I think that that is something that we often say as an easy cop-out where, oh yeah, he's coming home, he'll be around family and friends. But when you got a kid, and again, let's remember these are kids, but when you got a kid who was playing in Chicago, which is you know, a few hours by plane to get there. Your family's in New York. They don't get to see you as much. Homesickness is a thing, but when you pair that with falling out with the team, not being able to get your groove back with the team, other stuff going around that he talked about within the team and on campus. And it's interesting when a player cites happiness not success with the basketball team because illinois is a storied franchise he wanted to be at a place where he was loved where he had his support system he told me how excited he is that his family is 30 minutes away or less his high school friends are going to be 20 minutes away from campus they're going to be able to come to games and that was such a big factor in his decision and now on to the basketball stuff with saint john's Andre Carello hears the criticism. He knows that people are saying that they think he can't shoot and all he can do is drive and steal the ball. He says he doesn't care. And he says, I feel great about my shot. He's been putting the work in. Coach Anderson told me that his shot is going to surprise people and that the criticism is going to be put to rest because he's going to show it. But Andre Carbello said, I feel great about my shot. He admits to taking wild shots at times, but the team picks him up every single time. And he knows how important it is to have that good jumper because it's going to keep his opponents honest. And then so we started talking about the type of point guard that he is, how he's going to be able to hit that jumper, but then teams are not going to be able to game plan for him because he's going to really be able to drive and kick. That's when he told me, I think I'm the best pure point guard in the country, no doubt. In my mind, in my opinion, I'm the best pure point guard in the country. He cited that, listen, playing the point guard position isn't about scoring 30 or 40 points. It's about reading the floor. It's about putting your teammates in the right spot. It's about making sure your big man gets the touches in the paint. So yeah, he is a pass-first point guard, but it's interesting to see the the anger that the quote brought out of some fans it's pretty funny to see the memes and things like that that are being made already and i think everybody has some serious recency bias in regards to andre but my thing is what do you expect the kid to say do you want andre curbello a highly touted point guard to come in and say that he's not confident in himself do you want him to not be the alpha one of the leader point guards on the team to not have that confidence to not be the one who wants to put all his teammates into great spots to make sure that joel soriano is getting the ball to make sure he's kicking it out to posh and david jones to hit threes it's odd when people try to poo poo when somebody has confidence within themselves somebody like andre curbello sure he's coming off a rough year but He has shown a lot of positive signs in his freshman year, and he's got the track record playing on the FIBA stage and all that. And listen, you got to prove it here in Queens and in New York, and I get it. You got tough fans, you got tough media, but to clown or try to clown a kid for being confident in themselves is a little crazy. I spoke to somebody close to the team who said, I sure as hell hope he's right, because if he is, That means really good things are going to be happening for 
this team this year so you know it's it's interesting i think that kids got to be confident they got to have that sense of pride within their game and you know he's coming into a new environment i'm sure he wants to succeed here and i think that this offense is going to be really conducive to what his skill set brings to the floor i'll get into practice and some of the things that he did in practice shortly after i want to just touch on a few of the other guys who i spoke to and some of the things that stood out stood out to me Teresa Traore, I did speak to him briefly in regards to finally coming on the court. He's, you know, getting rid of that red shirt. His main focus is going to be energy and defense. That's what he's bringing to the floor. The one big thing that you do notice from him is his size. He definitely has put on a lot of muscle, about 10 pounds of muscle, he told me. So we'll see how he's going to be used in a bench roll. I mentioned Mokita earlier. He told me that the biggest adjustment that he has had to make so far from the NBA Academy of Africa and coming to the Big East style of play is the speed and the physicality. But this is a guy who's 7'1", a legit 7'1", and he can run up and down the court. He's currently 220 pounds. He's up about 15 since coming to campus. But he did say that uh, strength and conditioning coach BK did have to keep reminding him to keep eating. They, They have a lot of work to go in regards to getting him some more muscle mass so he is he he is gonna be uh certainly in the kitchen and uh hopefully getting some more meals uh it doesn't sound like it in regards to i know early on we were thinking that mokita would definitely redshirt and at this point honestly it seems like it's probably not going to happen. They're going to want to use his size off the bench in small spurts. We'll see. It's going to take him time to get acclimated. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to throw him into, you know, three, four minutes a game in the non-conference schedule to get him acclimated. And then during Big East play, when there are some moments where you need to guard a, you know, maybe a, a Kalkbrenner from Creighton or a Adama Sanogo, and you really need that size, hey, seven feet one put your hands up you're nine feet tall it's it's not it's not easy we'll see if that if that happens but he could certainly be a weapon in small doses joel soriano i mean we've talked about him probably the most this offseason and uh, joel said the biggest thing that he's noticed so far in regards to the differences from this team to last year's team this team right now is playing very unselfishly there there's a strong emphasis of moving the ball in practice and uh in regards to himself He's been working on quicker post-up moves. I think we saw that in the Dominican Republic. And he's certainly working on that jumper in the mid-range game uh, in order to not just be a guy with his back to the basket in the paint. So he's certainly trying to elevate his game just a little bit more. One other quick note, David Jones, he told me that he wants to be known for more than just scoring. Uh, Everybody that I've spoken to over the last few weeks said that this guy scores at will. He is absolutely the lead scoring guy on this team, and he makes scoring effortless. But he was very quick to tell me he's not just a scorer. He wants to get the team involved. He's really looking to pass the ball. He likes throwing it down low to Joel, passing assist, and you know he rebounds the ball really well and gets the team out in transition. He also did say, call me DJ and call me Davey. So we'll be calling David Jones, DJ, and Davey, as that's what he prefers. I asked him, really, what's been the biggest difference uh, coming to St. John's from DePaul within the Big East? And he said, pace. It's the pace. It's running up and down, up and down. The emphasis on defense. 
you know, the, the offense is going to come. But right now in practice, it's all about the defense. It's all about running the floor. And we did get to watch some practice. I did get to sit with Mike Craig and check out practice, uh, as well as go over some great restaurant recommendations from Zendon Hamilton, who apparently is basically like the mayor of New York and knows everybody. So if you need a great restaurant recommendation, hit up Z. He can steer you in the right direction. But yes, we did watch practice. Andre Curbelo made one of the sickest passes I have ever seen in a basketball game. Now, it was practice, but he was on the far baseline at the three-point line, took two dribbles, and swung the ball one-handed to the other side of the three-point line to, I believe it was A.J. Store who hit a three. And to see that happen so quickly, to see that vision, his passing is on another level. His speed is on another level. He is a menace on defense. But to watch the way that he moves at a blistering pace, I think that his speed is going to create so many opportunities for this offense. And yeah, it's likely going to cause some turnovers. And it's going to cause some mistakes because... I don't know how many people can keep up with how quick he plays, but the things that he could do with a basketball are really, really impressive. One of the big things that did stand out in practice is the three-point shooting. AJ Store hits the three effortlessly. It looks so easy to him. I think he's going to be a contributor on this team this year. I think he's going to be a starter before the season is over. He hits the three. It just doesn't look like he's working that hard and... He has that body, that size, and the the shooting stroke that looks like somebody that could one day play professional ball. Three-point shooting stood out. Posh Alexander was hitting threes. Dylan Daiwusu is hitting threes. Rafael Pinzon was consistently hitting a mid-range jumper. For all the concerns of the shooting that and where is it going to come from this practice from what i saw in about an hour's worth the shooting was impressive and it's coming from not one or two guys there's a lot of guys again it doesn't matter until november 7th but so far it looks like there's a lot of contribution so i'll close it out with this right now this team looks to be a more complete team there feels like there's options You have an experienced team, not just an experienced team like last year where you had guys who were elder classmen, but they didn't have real minutes. They didn't have enough playing time in that experience. This year, you now have a very experienced team. You've got a lot of juniors. You've got a few seniors, you know, guys who have been through the ringer. Montez Mathis is going to be playing year five. Joel's a senior. Isaiah Nyewe is going into year five as a senior as well. David Jones has been through the ringer in Big East basketball. Andre Curbelo, Jr. You know, you've got guys who have been through it and have meaningful minutes playing basketball at a very, very high level. The learning curve that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, it should be much smaller this year. And that's going to hopefully lead to success. So we'll see. So we'll see what happens when the ball gets tipped off on November 7th and this season gets underway expectations have been set by the head coach the players know what they have to do in order to get to the tournament and the fans sure as hell want to get there as well the fans deserve it it's time to cheer for a winner it's time to get to the tournament it's time to make noise in the big east tournament and this should be the team that does it so as the countdown begins to the merrimack opener 
on November 7th, 25 days away. There will be a lot of happening with this podcast as well as in the St. John's universe. This weekend, I hope to see a lot of people at Akistas. 17801 Union Turnpike for an autograph signing hosted by Storm Marketing. You get a chance to meet players from the men's and women's basketball team. I believe AJ Store will be there. I believe Andre Corbello will be there. And Posh Alexander will be there. So get a chance to meet the players, get a picture signed, and uh, have some food. Check out Storm Marketing. Their website, stormmarketingny.com. If you want more information, the event starts at 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. at Akistas. And it should be a nice turnout as we continue our efforts in the NIL landscape. In the coming weeks, we'll have our sit-down with Athletic Director Mike Craig. Uh, We're working on a few other interviews and special guests. Might have a Big East breakdown and... Some other things certainly in the works as we are just about three weeks from the start of the regular season. I can't wait. I know you can't wait. Uh, We're looking forward to it. Thank you to everybody who has been listening. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Eye on the Storm podcast. Go Johnnies.